Welcome to the Value Investor TV podcast. This is the podcast that helps you grow your wealth and become financially independent. My name is Beko and my partner, Hari. Hello. What's going on, Hari? Oh, not much. It's... Not much, huh? This is already, we are already in August. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's, uh, <clears throat> it seems like coronavirus has been with us for forever now. <laughs> yeah, it seems like coronavirus is like warping time. Yeah. For me, I can't believe it's already August. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Anyway, this episode, we will be talking about Sherwin-Williams. So let's get right to it. Hari, can you give us the disclaimer? Yeah, this is the Value Investor TV podcast. We are the podcast that helps you understand the concepts behind value investing. Uh, We are not financial advisors, nor do we know your specific financial situation. So please consult with the appropriate advisor before making any financial decisions. Great. Awesome. All right. So as we always do, we'll go down the checklist to analyze this company, Sherwin-Williams. I think it's an incredibly exciting company. Um, People might not think that, but uh, I think it's an exciting company. They make paint. Very simple business. Uh, But if you guys want access to the checklist, please email us at info at valueinvestor.org. We'd be happy to share that with you guys. Info at valueinvestor.org. Also, if you uh, want to be involved in our Slack community, please also email us at info at valueinvestor.org. We'd be happy to send an invitation your way. All right. Should we go down the checklist, Ari? Yeah, um, let's do it. So if, uh, if you are not familiar with this uh, checklist, we are we use this checklist for every company that we analyze. Uh, it's there to help us <clears throat> to make sure that we don't miss anything when we're evaluating a business. And um, so with that, um, Becco, let's tell tell us what Sherwin-Williams, the company, does. Um, you should be able to answer this question uh, in less than two sentences. <laughs> I noticed that you emphasized the last part of that question. I did because <laughs> I've had enough dissertations about companies before. <laughs> Would you like a lecture? Yeah, I, 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 I think um, they make paint is is enough uh, actually. But, <laughs> but if you want to elaborate, uh, go ahead. <laughs> I think that's pretty much it. Uh, I mean, really, I I don't know what else I would say in addition to that. Really, they make paint, and they make paint. They make coat protective marine products related fish related finished products. It's it's like a sub it's like a subsection of the the Lowe's or something where they sell paint. That's all they do. They have their own retail stores. They also distribute through uh, companies like Lowe's or uh, Home Depot and things like that. They operate in North America and in Latin America, Caribbeans, mostly in this side of the world. Um, yeah, that's about it. All right. Well, maybe just maybe, maybe just the level set really quick, just really quick, the level set uh, on <laughs> to know how big this company is just roughly. The market cap is around is around $60 billion and they have around they have around 60,000 employees. And uh, just for additional context, they've been around since 1866. So quite a while. Well, um, I think How the, that? that that was perfect. Actually, I think you okay. you, you got it in under. It's a little over two sentences, but I'll 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 allow it. You let it slide. Uh, yeah. You let that one slide. I'll I'll let it go. <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, it, I, I, the only thing I'll say to this is, uh, for those of you who are uh, fans of Peter Lynch, 
this would be one of the companies that he would love because the more boring the business, the more exciting the investment, uh, which is what usually happens. So, um, but we'll talk about why that would be the case here uh, shortly. Okay. <clears throat> so one of the uh, main things that we try to identify is the competitive advantage for the business. And the competitive advantage allows them to uh, do lots of things, but um, can you kind of give us the competitive advantage based on what category it would fall under? So um, do you think that the Sherwin-Williams has a brand moat or brand competitive advantage based on their brand? I think so. I think, in fact, I think this is the strongest moat, uh, perhaps the only moat that they have that can really leverage, in my opinion. So they, they not only sell Sherwin-Williams branded products, but they also have portfolio brands that they own and operate. And these are pretty well known in the industry. People love it. Uh, also, customer segment, I think we need to talk about that. Customer segment that they target is, um, you know, paint enthusiasts, DIY enthusiasts, people who like to decorate and, and renovate their houses and things like that. That's one aspect of their customer segmentation. And then the other aspect is professional, uh, professional folks who, you know, paint for a living or, you know, do finished products for a living. Uh, anyway, going back to the brand uh, conversation, yeah, uh, you know this, you know they, they, this is, you know, this is the thing that they uh, they espouse all throughout the whole 10K and SC filings, and in fact, I think it is it is true that they have a brand advantage out in the market compared to others. Okay, um, you know, we we talk about the. Um, the other types of moat here uh, to see if there is a benefit here. Um, so do you think that there are any network effects associated with Sherwin-Williams? I mean, do, because other people are customers of Sherwin-Williams, will other will people want to be customers of Sherwin-Williams? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think there is any network effect here. Okay, I think that's pretty reasonable. Um, there are any uh, <laughs> switching costs uh, associated with being a Sherwin Williams customer, uh, and a- not really, right? If you buy a paint from Sherwin Williams and buy it from Benjamin Moore's, there's no switching cost on your part. Switching out paint is not such a big deal, right? So, um, but when when you talk about the professional segment, are there you know large accounts? <coughs> Excuse me. You know, do they have some sort of? Uh, you know, benefit or discount if you, you know, are buying from them, you know, do they have a corporate loyalty card or anything like that? Or Yeah, that's a good point. They they do. They have a portal, uh mysherwinwilliams.com. It's a it's a port it's a portal for the professionals and you obviously get like you said a, a discount and uh you know, basically you can see what's available and maybe you have first ac- first hand access to the newest and greatest paint or finished products and things like that. Yeah, I would say there is some of that at play. Um, but again, I don't think for them to switch to Benjamin Moore's would be such a difficult thing. I think there is certainly, you know, elements of element of um, momentum and inertia in things like this. But um, I don't think it's such a big deal for them to switch over to some other provider. And do they have any sort of like deals with the Home Depot and Lowe's or anything like that that kind of protects them? Um, from competitors or is this uh, you know is it mostly just the brand uh, that people are seeking when they go to the Home Depot 
Yeah, I think it's, you know, they, they definitely have a lot of, um, you know, one of the things they kept emphasizing in the, in the SSC filing is that um, uh, in terms of distributors for their products, there isn't one or two dominant distributors that have over 10% of their, of their sales. They kept emphasizing that over, over and over. Hmm. Um, and so I don't think that even if, for example, Lowe's dropped out or, you know, they gave them favorable coverage for Lowe's, it's going to have any material impact in the overall business, health of the overall business. Okay. Um, do they have a moat um, uh, that, uh, or a low-cost moat that allows them to, you know, to undercut their competition? I don't think so. I mean, I don't think so. I, I mean, I think when you when you think about paint, paint is really already commoditized in many, in many cases. I think so. I'm not sure if there is any low cost moats. They do, however, you know, they, they manufacture, they only play in North America. For example, if they were to go out there and, and compete against the Chinese locals uh, in their own turf, I think that would be problematic. They wouldn't be able to have that low cost or that sort of advantage. But over here in the US, you know, I think it's it's sort of like, it's sort of like the, it's sort of like the, um, it's kind of like a hybrid. It's in between Skechers kind of play and 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 kind of Alta kind of play. I feel like it's somewhere in the middle. And what I mean by that is, you know, paint is already sort of not, you know, you're not talking about luxury good, um, but at the same time, you know, they they own they own the supply chain, they own all the logistics, they they manufacture their own stuff. Uh, they have their own direct-to-consumer uh, uh, channel, so, so omni-channel. Um, yeah, all, all those things. I think it makes it it makes it uh, kind of along that spectrum. I think they're sort of in the middle. So going back to the low cost, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there is really a low cost moat there. Well, so when you when you one thing to think about, and it's not really a low cost moat, but when you have the infrastructure already in place and you're a profitable business, you know, after eight, you know, 150 years, Sherwin-Williams better be profitable. I imagine they are. Um, yeah. You know, there's, it's hard for an entrant to get, get in, you know, these, um, if you and I were to go to a venture capital group or to someone else and say, we want to disrupt paint, you know, uh, nobody's going to give us money, right? <laughs> right? So I don't know. We can try. <laughs> you, well, you live in San Francisco. So <laughs> there are a lot of idiots there. So uh. <laughs> maybe they'll give you money. But uh, I mean, the point is, is that, uh, you know, in order to compete with this business, you know, in order to make even a, a small dent, right, we would have to have a lot of capital, um, you know, to, to even compete with them. So yeah. On top of that, I would also say they've mentioned several times the environmental regulation mm -hmm. to be compliant with environmental regulation in all these different countries where you manufacture and sell paint. Paint is pretty toxic to the environment, right? You got a lot of waste product, so be able to be compliant with all these with all these regulation is a lot of overhead that you need to. Like for example, you and I, it, it, it would take you know tens of millions of dollars just to be compliant. And on top of that, we have to make sales and make profit. So it is an entry; it is a barrier to entry in and of itself, for sure. Right. 
Um, yeah. And so it, it, it's really a barrier to entry that I'm talking about here more than anything that in order to compete, it would be many, many years, a lot of cash uh, to comply with regulations, to build out the infrastructure and so on. So, um, okay. Going to the, the last uh, competitive advantage, which is intangible assets. So do you think there are any patents? We just talked about, um, you know, regulatory uh, hurdles that they've already cleared uh, in order to manufacture the paint. Uh, but do you see anything else that you would consider uh, part of the intangible asset that would would protect Sherwin-Williams? Mm, yeah. So obviously intangible assets, when we, when, you, when we think about that, we think about, for example, you know, classic example I'd like to give in the podcast is uh, patents on drugs. Um, they don't have anything like that. They do have they do have a little bit of business, really immaterial though. Have a little bit of business in terms of uh, licensing technology, trademarks, and trade names to foreign companies, but really it's immaterial to the business. So I would say a no to this one as well. Okay. All right. Well, so we're gonna call them their their moat here, mostly the brand, maybe some uh, some small switching costs and probably some regulatory uh, benefits that they have uh, from operating for so long. Um, anything else that you would want to add to that before we move on? No, I think that's a great summary. Sorry. Okay. Um, all right. Let's look at the uh, uh, the next question here is, how, how durable do we think this competitive advantage is? And what, what do you see as risks um, to that advantage? Yeah, I think it's pretty durable competitive advantage wise. Uh, just looking back at, of course, past is not indicator of the future. It could change. Things can change. But again, as we talked about, paint is not a that paint is not an industry that would be easily disrupted, and people you know do not have appetite to go in, go into paint to disrupt things. So I think what people what people call the Lindy effect, meaning that the longer you have existed that that amount could also be projected out into the future. I think it applies here. So, you know, again, they've been around for what, how many years now? 140 years. Um, I think the competitive advantage is, is quite strong um, in that way. Uh, you know, when I was reading through this company and analyzing this company, it really reminded me a lot about what kind of Warren Buffett, Warren Buffett looks for, mm -hmm. right? It's a good, strong business that no one really thinks there's anything there. But it's a it's a solid business, uh, run by good people. It's been around for a long time. Brand is quite strong, and it's very simple to understand. Right? It's nothing complicated. It's just they make paint and sell paint. Yeah, and I, I um, think the the thing here to say is, <clears throat> paint is not going to go away. You still need paint in a recession. Um, you know the um, at this point you know nobody's really trying to come into the, or is is a new entrant into that space um so they're well differentiated because you know there's a lack of competition you know at this point so mm -hmm. so I, yeah. to me those seem to be the um you know the the things that you know as you said Warren Buffett but also Peter Lynch um as I talked about earlier you know these are boring businesses that don't have a lot of competition and so Sherwin Williams can kind of I mean, not necessarily set their own price, but, um, you know, they, they can kind of control the market because of their size and their scope and all that. So, 
Mm-hmm. Um, so th- those are obviously good things. <clears throat> okay, let's uh, let's look at the uh, keep going down the checklist here. Um, you know, what do you think the company's long-term prospects are? Um, I think we just mentioned nobody runs out of paint or need. You know, we'll stop running out of paint. But uh, and what do you think their growth trajectory uh, trajectory could be? Yeah. So just to, so I just did a quick Google search on the annual market size for paint, right? This is annual global market size paint, just for paint. I'm not talking about finished goods, just purely paint. It's around $150 billion. Sterling William cat, Sterling William's revenue last year was about $18 billion, meaning that there is a lot of room for growth just internally, right? By uh, siphoning off, siphoning off, uh, customers from competition eating up competition with M&A things like that right so there are, there are there is a room to grow in and of itself but uh you know and, and also the fact that paint is not an explosively growing industry right it's going to be pretty slow steady industry you can you can probably if you want to be really conservative you can estimate to be growing at an inflation rate really yep. and, and if you think that the only thing that Sharon Williams can do is eat up the existing pie the pie is not going to grow but if you look at the pie, as I mentioned, it's $150 billion just in paint, an annual 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 runway. And Sharon William captures about 18 of them. So there is runway for growth, even though the market itself is pretty, you know, pretty uh, n- you know, not dynamic. It's it's pretty dinosaur-like. Okay. So let's keep uh keep going down the checklist because I think we're, you know. The nice thing about easy to understand businesses is that you can get through them pretty quickly. Um, yep. And then we'll we'll kind of summarize here fairly soon. You know, does does the company require a lot of capital uh, to maintain its business and can it grow without um, reinvestment? So to that to answer that question, let's go right to the CapEx and the cash flow and, and figure out how figure out percentage of Net cash, net cash from operation that goes into capital expenditure. So to give you just absolute number, uh, for the past about five years, they've invested about $250 million every year in CapEx. If you put that into perspective, it's around 15% of net cash from operation. So there you have it. So about 15%, they invest right into the business to grow their operation. And so what that really means, what that translates into in real life is they close down uh, underperforming stores and they open up new stores. Uh, so yeah, okay. about 15%. Yeah, and we'll, we'll come back to this a little bit more when we talk about return on capital. So um, let's uh, you know ask a couple more questions here relating to their relationships with um, third parties. So you know, do they have favorable relationships or any issues that you see with any of the following customers, suppliers, employees, regulators, uh, etc. I don't see any red flags. However, I do want to point out that regulator is is something to be aware of. They explicitly have a line item to deal with California environmental regulation. There's a line item called California litigation cost that they report on. So is this something that they they uh, seriously, you know, they, they approach with seriousness. You know, this is a serious matter for them. And uh, so something to keep in mind. It, I don't think it's going to be a company killer or anything like that. It's something that you have to you have to just kind of anticipate. Um, 
at one of these years you might get a big you know the regulars might take a chunk out of their revenue or something like that so just to keep just to have it on your radar but i don't think it's going to be a company killer okay all right well um you know that actually is the um uh <clears throat> takes us to the end of our first episode on sherwin williams um becco anything you want to summarize or say before we uh we close out no this was this was great i think this is again it's a very simple company peter lynch would love this company warren buffett would love this company very easy to understand in fact you know i would suggest that people look people who don't have a lot of uh, experience looking into companies i would highly suggest that you look into look into this company it's uh, it's quite simple it's quite easy to understand um their accounting is is quite straightforward so yeah, I would highly recommend people to take a look. Awesome. Um, so uh, just as, you know, to close out here, um, you know, if you are looking for our checklist that we've been using through this uh, podcast, uh, you can email us info at valueinvestor.org uh, or email us with any questions that you have. Um, we also um, welcome emails to get onto our Slack channel where our community um communicates uh throughout the you know you know in between podcasts essentially so you can uh, talk to us anytime you want uh on slack or ask questions uh share news um talk about various investment ideas so we have um we we would really like you to be on there if you're a fan of the show please uh email us info at valueinvestor.org and we'll happy to answer your questions or add you to our slack channel awesome Thanks, everybody. I'll talk to you guys in the next episode. Thanks.